Hey, Remarkable Mommies, thanks for coming back. Hope you're just as excited for part two as we are. Get ready to pick up right where we left off. How do you navigate tough decisions? Okay, well, I have to be honest and say that I feel very blessed and privileged to be in the situation in my life where I don't feel like I've been faced with a lot of tough decisions. I mean, we've had decisions along the way. And I think that in making decisions, I think as my children have gotten older, it's been a little bit less about achievement and reaching goals and more about does this make you happy? Is this going to bring you joy? Are you going to feel proud of yourself? And so I think I kind of just go with a gut feeling in terms of making tough decisions, you know, and evaluating the big picture. It's not about getting the good grade. It's not about getting the job that's going to make the most money. It's more about being a good person. Yeah. Yeah. And being a good person. Is this going to make you feel good about helping others, doing something to boost somebody else up? You know, I feel like we live in a world where there's a lot of what I like to call toxic individualism. And I think that we need to teach our young people to really step outside themselves and see what is going on in the world and boosting other people up and other communities up outside of their own situation. Agreed. Agreed. Totally. As a parent, we often talk about, you know, that our children are you know, they help us and and help us to learn and to grow. And I think that those, you know, being able to make those tough decisions, um, having that flexibility and really understanding like how to step outside of yourself, I think is so important because so, so often, even though, you know, you consult your significant other and, you know, you take a look maybe more holistically. um, I think when it, you know, like you said, when it comes down to it, what, what's going to bring you joy? I think that's such a great, a great thing to focus on. I do. I believe in that wholeheartedly. So speaking of joy and positive things, let's jump into the pandemic. Um, What were some things that, uh, that you uh, and your family experienced as a part of the pandemic? And what were some ways that you kind of, we talk about like flipping the script and making those more like silver linings or, or positive things? Well, I think for me, one of the silver linings that I found from the pandemic is that I got to spend more time with my older kids. I have a son who is already graduated from college and he came home from Connecticut and worked at home for a couple of months. And I have a daughter who was supposed to go away for the summer for eight weeks to Africa, where she had been the previous summer. And she was also supposed to be away for the fall semester of her junior year, both of which did not happen. So really, I got to spend a lot more time with my daughter at 20 and 21 years old than I would have had. And I really cherish that time because I'm not sure I'm ever gonna have that again. We have a lot in common. We like to watch the same television shows. We knit. We crochet together. We paint rocks. (laughs) (laughs) I love painting rocks. That's like such a fun, 
such a fun thing. And the knitting can be, be very cathartic and very and very nice to do together. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us watched a lot of TV, but a lot, it's been, of, TV. A lot of TV, and a lot of binge watching. And thank goodness, but there are so many good shows out there. You know, I loved that our kids actually watched a lot of our old shows. Like yes. they were like, you know, ER and like some of these. Oh, I'm going to watch the old Friends episodes. You know, um, that was kind of fun that they were binge watching some of those shows. Yeah, no, totally. My youngest daughter like watched The Simpsons. She loved watching The Simpsons. She thought it was like hysterical. And then you know, you kind of jump into that. Um, it was nice watching some of the older ones and some and some of the new new shows as well. So I'm so happy to hear that. And I think for a lot of people, that was a silver lining. We got to have that additional time, time that we normally would would never have had. For sure, for sure. I mean, I feel lucky that I didn't have to monitor my kids doing any kind of virtual learning. I really, really felt so sad for the working moms, especially the ones that were trying to work from home, trying to do online school with their kids or monitor their kids. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I'm. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. The, some of those little ones that were just learning technology for the first time. Oh, forget it. I mean, you I know? think so many people were like, they tried, they tried their best. And then they were like, we're done. We're just going to let our kids yeah finger paint or do, which I think is also a silver lining too, because then they did more creative, imaginative things. Um, and even though, you know, I know a lot of schools did like summer school to try to like catch some of the kids up, but I think that like, you know, your five-year-old, you know, to remember like what you had to do with your five-year-old to try to work and have them go to remote school just is a little ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. But I also think that, um, I think there's something to be said for the time that families could spend together that that's almost in some ways more valuable. And I used to be a second grade teacher. I'm really a believer that if you have parents who read to you often and talk to you and listen to you and take you on walks outside and make observations about the world, that that's almost more valuable than going to school and being taught the alphabet. Some of that stuff <laughs> just you'll get that yeah. yeah from just being in an environment with people who talk to you and listen to you right. and read to you. Or what about playing those board games? We yeah. did a lot of board games and puzzles. <laughs> puzzles, board games. Loved board bringing games. those out. Coming oh, yes. up with new new games. But I I agree. I think there's a lot of learning that can be had in or that was had even in the home and like you said like going out for those walks with you know with your family maybe even like you know I I got some plants and trying my hand at uh, some indoor <laughs> gardening that didn't work out so great but for some of the plants that made it it's been <laughs> really appreciative of that so yeah I, I think our fur babies also liked having us all home for... oh my gosh they got <laughs> spoiled man they got oh spoiled. for sure for sure I mean my dog my husband has thrown that toy for him <laughs> thousands of times yeah. and every time he sits in a certain chair in our kitchen the dog is right there with the toy it doesn't matter what time of day oh, it is could be 6am could be 10pm my 13-year-old dog is still wants somebody to <laughs> oh, throw that toy. I love that. But and basically, fun. he doesn't do that to me. Oh, Well, that's what's funny, Amy, because Amy and I have the same 
breed of dog and my dog does the same thing. The toy is only to t- be taken out when Brian is around. <laughs> I'm not the toy person. Brian is the toy person and I'm the person he likes to cuddle with and sit on my lap. It's funny how they're very similar. For sure. You know? That's so awesome. Um, so- Speaking about life and life lessons and learnings, what would you say is one really important thing that you've learned in your life or a lesson that you'd like to share with the other mommies? Well, I think that before I had children, I thought I had this real vision of what I thought my life would be, what I would be doing where I would be working, I'd be a full-time working mother, I'd be doing this, I wouldn't let my children do this. And what I really realized once I had my own babies was that never say never (laughs) because you never know what you're going to have to do just to get through the next hour or the next few hours or the next day. And you may have said, oh, I'm never going to have one of those babies that's in the stroller with the snot hanging out of its (laughs) nose that people are staring at. And then once you have your own kid and you realize if you wipe their nose every three seconds, then their nose becomes all raw and gross and, you know, so you put up with it. Or, you know, I'm never going to have a kid who carries their blankie around all day. And I had one of those too. And guess what? (laughs) He's 25, almost 25, and guess what? He doesn't carry his blankie around anymore. <laughs> it's so true. I remember, like, one of my girlfriends was like, my daughter's three. She's still not potty trained. And it's like, she's not going to be 16 and not be potty trained. Like, right. Just, you, there are certain things you just have to kind of let go. But I think that that's the one really amazing thing about when you become a mom. The, 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 gla- the glasses, in, in, in hindsight, is always such a – it's very clear, right? <laughs> For sure. Fair. You have to be able to pivot. And those are things. And I always said, like, you know, it's like you have, like, these rose-colored glasses, like you were speaking about. Um, but then when I became a parent, then I then I said, like, I will never judge someone else because I don't know. I'm not walking in their shoes. I don't know what their situation is. And like you said, if you rub their nose, then they have this terrible raw nose. So, like, if I see a baby you know, with like some, you know, <laughs> like right. the, maybe runny noses, like it's just, you know, you just leave it because you don't know. And it's so hard. And I think like when you first have the babies, it, you know, everything seems so wonderful and, and rosy. And then the, rea- the reality starts to set it. And not to say that it's not motherhood is wonderful. It's a miracle. It's a blessing. I feel so blessed to have my children, but it did give me the perspective that I didn't have before. For sure, for sure. And you never know somebody else's situation. You never know what transpired five minutes before, what after. Like, I really try to do my best not to judge anybody's snapshot of parenting in a 30-second <coughs> interaction or observe observation that I have. Right. Of course, I mean, if I saw somebody doing something terrible, right, that would be different. But I mean, just your general type stuff. Yeah. I remember one time I was outside the post office and my kid was having a temper tantrum and I was trying to jam him into the car seat and it was not one of my finer moments as a parent. And I looked to the right 
and I see my friend Marianne walking down the street. She's like, mm, hi there. Like, she caught me at a bad moment. And I was like, ooh. But- I remember having uh, one of my children who shall remain, remain nameless. Um, the temper tantrums. My goodness. It was like back arched. That's <laughs> it. Red face. I was trying yeah. to jam my kid Smoke into a car coming seat. out of the ears yeah. and the nose and every which way, maybe even her butt. I'm not sure. <laughs> Oops. I was going to rename, name, remain <laughs> that <laughs> child name, nameless. nameless. <laughs> but um, yeah, those were hard those temper hard. tantrums. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It's like, it's like a no judgment zone. No judgment zone with me because I know like some days you just just got to be calm. Gotta be calm. <laughs> it definitely is. It is what it is sometimes. So we talked a lot about inspirational stories, inspirational moments, um, important lessons that you learned. Amy, what would you say makes you remarkable? That's a really tough question because I think that we're all remarkable. We I are. think we all have our strengths. I've always said to my sister, who is four years older than me and has worked full time, has four children, leads a very different type of life than me. We have very different personalities and we're both remarkable. And we just have to find the ways that I think we're remarkable. I feel like I have had the privilege and the opportunity to be able to stay home and not work outside the home. So I've been able to choose the things that really are going to inspire me to do my best work. And so I keep myself very busy. I, you know, I volunteer for the Hoboken Food Pantry. I play tennis. I knit. I try to read a lot of books. I've gotten better at reading books. Unfortunately, I can't knit and read books at the same time. So my television habits podcasts. are- Podcasts. I do listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I like, um, that's that's me these days. <laughs> I just started playing pickleball. Yeah. I- do a lot of stuff for Moms Demand Action. You know, I fill my time. People say to me, you know, oh, well, you know, you don't work. Well, I do. You work. I might not work for, you know, income, but I do take care of every detail of my family's life. You run the household. I mean, it's like you you do work, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you are a working mom that goes into the office or wherever you're line of business takes you, you know, you, you, we are working. We're always working. Once you become a mom, like that is your number one priority and your number one. CEO of the household. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's really, I look at working moms outside the household and I say, wow, you do it all because you commute, you work or you work from home and you take care of the household in addition And that's amazing. And then they look at me and they say, oh, but you've dealt with like all your kids like all day, every day, like without a nanny or, you know. (laughs) Well, I did have babysitters for sure. I definitely had babysitters because you need a break. You need a break. And I remember when my kids were really young, I was lucky. I, again, we were able to afford to have a babysitter. I would have a babysitter on Fridays 
when I had very small children and it like gave me this like oomph for the weekend yeah, to be able to like have time for my husband and for my kids because I could like go to a mall and just walk around by myself. Refresh. It's like, you know, unwind. Yeah. Everybody needs a refresher. Everyone needs some time to, to unwind, especially moms who are, I guess I know I took a, I took a sabbatical because I had this like intense guilt, you know, like as soon as I had my babies, like two months to the day, they were either in daycare or with a nanny. And then I was back in the office and I remember like pumping in the office and it was like not how it is nice, you know, and everything now. And I remember feeling so guilty. So I was like, I'm going to take some time off. And in my head, I had like June Cleaver, like the idea and my mother, you know, my mom was an amazing mom. And, and I just remember being home and being in the playground with my daughters. And it was like 96 degrees outside. There's no shade. And I was just like, I don't know if this is the life for me. I was like, and then like you said, you do a lot of volunteering. Like when people find out that you're not working, you, you, you're going to, they're going to put you to work. Like you might not be working for income, but like you're definitely giving a lot of your time and of yourself. And I think that's such an amazing thing and makes you for sure. Uh, But I also think it's really important to choose the things that you want to do and not feel like you're pressured because you don't work into doing something. I'll full disclosure. I was never really a lover of the parents association or the PTA. I just, I absolutely believe that, those organizations and the people who run them and the people who do the events absolutely do a fantastic job, deserve all the credit they should be getting. But that wasn't like, I don't know, for me, that just wasn't really my thing. She's looking at me because I was head of the PTA at the Hudson School. <laughs> She's like, fine. I know. It's like Haunted once, Hudson. Yeah, once you, like, once you work in the PTA, you get you get a reputation, I feel. Uh, People look at you and they're like, She's going to come and try to ask. Sounds like it should have been a song raising. or something. I think, like, I think so, too. PTA song? Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> What was that that song? (laughs) There is a song by uh, Loretta Lynn. Yes, the PTA by song by Loretta Lynn. Well, thank you so much for sharing that honest. But I think it's and it's so important. Like you talk a lot about joy and and being happy. So, what is you know in that same vein? um, Who would you say is your favorite Peloton instructor and why? Well, first off, let me preface that I do a lot of classes with a lot of different instructors on Peloton. I think it's a fantastic concept and company because I think there's really something for everyone. I personally really love Cody, Cody Rigsby, that is. I just, he he brings me a lot of joy. It's like riding... He, I love writing Cody. I wrote him last night and I was so excited because I actually had not, not my best time, but I was doing so great at one moment in time. And then like at Thanksgiving, I feel like I, we had all like the whole family had gotten COVID at around that time. And like, it just blew through all of us and like ended up that we like ended up like just not getting that endurance back really quick. 
And I feel like I can't get back to my best, best, best. But last night with Cody, I actually got that much closer. And so I feel like I'm almost there. So thank you, Cody. Yeah, that's great. He's just so random. Yeah, Just says what he thinks. He's got funny little themes for his rides. Like, I don't know, a week or two ago, I did a ride where he was like, okay, we're going to take out our our Tiger Beat magazine and we're going to have songs from all the people that were in Tiger Beat magazine. So now I want you to imagine you're opening up the magazine and you're taking out that poster in the middle and you're putting it up on your wall. And it, it was just, he's just funny. He Tells it like it is. I feel like when I need to unwind and like de-stress, I always choose Cody for a ride. That's nice. Right. But at the same time, like there's a lot of also just good instruction. Like if you've ever done power zone training, Matt Wilpers is like the cutest guy in the world. And he gives you so many cycling tips on form. and, And I laugh because... I've done a bunch of the power zone challenges and he, they're mostly instructional. I shouldn't say they're instructional. He gives you little like tips for road races and all this stuff. And then in the summer when I go down and ride my beach bike, I always say to my husband, oh, I'm going to take some of Matt's tips and incorporate (laughs) them into my ride. And he's like, yeah, you're riding to a restaurant with a basket with a bottle of wine in the basket. We can all use those tips and they can be incorporated wherever we may be. Right. And actually, we just got the Peloton tread. And so now I've been doing a bit more of running. And I just started this program. It's like an eight-week program through Peloton and it's called You Can Run. And each week there's two classes and they're only 20 minutes each, but they're like really instructional. So this week, the classes were on cadence, which is how many times your feet contact the ground when you're running. And I I was telling my family, I learned something really interesting. When you're running, the best, most efficient running for everybody, doesn't matter your size, doesn't matter how fast you're going, is 180 strikes per minute. So... It's like one, two, one, two, one, two. Like they, and you, you run actually to a metronome in one of these classes. Nice. And it's just, it's kind of interesting. It's something to think about. They talk about how your stride gets longer when you're going faster, but like your cadence should always be the same. Hmm. And that was just like hard for me to process, but kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. It feels... Sounds very fast to me. I'm like, I'm trying to think like in a minute, like how many would I put in? Well, it's hard to count. I really can't. (laughs) But that's optimal for anybody. That's what what they told me. That's when the burn is happening? The burn? (laughs) No, I think it's just good. It's best for your form and most efficient for your running form. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, I learned something new. That's amazing. Now I'm going to have to try to figure out how to to count that out. Well, Amy, oh my gosh, it's been so awesome having you here today. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I you've had, We've had so many wonderful sharing, like so many great nuggets. And I think that, you know, all the amazing, remarkable mommies out there will really, really appreciate. Yeah, this was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. So glad you joined us. And I just have in my head, never say never. Never say never. (laughs) Never say never. I'm telling you. Never say never. I never thought I'd let my kid like 
put nail polish on and (laughs) there we were. (laughs) Amazing. That's awesome. Thanks, Amy.